Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is July 8th, 2021, and it is currently 1.35 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, it's a little early for this podcast. You know, usually I'm doing all my podcasts at 3 a.m., but I'm about an hour and a half early. I apologize. (laughs) Why am I early? Well, I'm just inputting video footage, and I can't do any other work on my computer. Well, I can run my webpage and play this music, but I can't do anything else. Oh, by the way, in case Joe Biden is listening, it's a Thursday. Not a Monday, not a Tuesday, not a Wednesday, a Thursday, Joe. Just letting you know. Okay, I'm going to turn this music down. Man, I really like that music. (laughs) I really do. I'm going to turn this down and get into my podcast. Well, first of all, I need to apologize. I know I think it's been close to a week since I did my last podcast. Um... And uh, you know what? I've just been busy. I've been really, really busy. You know, this entire summertime, you know, a lot of brides get married during the summer. So I'm really sorry about that. You know, I started this podcast during COVID when I really didn't have much going on in my life. And as, you know, the economy started started to open up, you know, I started to get a lot more busy. So these podcasts may be... I guess coming less frequently. Why don't we just say that? I'm, you know, I still love to do this though. And every day when I get home and I'm thinking, man, I want a podcast, but then two o'clock a.m. rolls around and then three a.m. rolls around and four a.m. rolls around and I'm still working on these photos because, you know, my clients really need to get their photos out and I give all of them my best. And, uh, you know, they come first before this podcast because a lot of them, you know, listen to my podcast and then they book me and then I got to deliver, right? Because if I don't deliver, then I'm just some nobody who is just all talk, no show and just all fluff. And I know a lot of wedding companies, a lot of businesses out there are just all fluff. I'm not one of them. So, you know, what have I been doing? Well, first of all, again, weddings been picking up and I don't have a lot of weddings this, well, so far, I don't have many weddings this month. Uh, they're kind of staggered throughout. Last month I had, I think for a whole week, I had almost one every single day. And then, then the rest of the month was just kind of staggered, which was great because I had time to do my barbecue and all those other things with my friends. This month, it's all kind of thrown, I think at random throughout the entire month. And then I am getting more inquiries for, uh, I think, more weddings during the middle of this month. And it does look like it's filling up with vow renewals, a lot of surprise vow renewals, a lot of family photos. And uh, and plus, I got some friends who are coming down here uh, to Hawaii to visit. So I'll be busy, you know, uh, I guess, uh, taking them around. One of my really good friends who used to live with me over here, uh, he's coming down with his wife. And uh, I'm just going to have a fun time catching up with him. Uh, hopefully, we're going we're gonna to do a few bike rides around um, the island. He's a really good bike rider, by the way, and uh, maybe I'll even get him on the podcast if I can. And then I have my other friend, too, who is like a really good bike rider, really, really good bike rider. He was he almost went um, pro, um, BMX pro, and uh, we've been biking around, and uh, he's been here in Oahu, and he'll be leaving, I think, I think next week, so playing some catch-up. So anyway, what else have I, have I been up to? been also helping out my family business, doing that paper cutter sharpening thing and adjustment thing that I do for my dad's business. Um, and, uh, and also I've been, um, you know, doing, working, working on my 
other responsibilities. You know, I work for another podcast company called Mojave Beach Productions. They make these great dramatized podcasts, um, and I'm responsible for their website. So I have to keep up their website, and when they... Yeah, I always get the email, they'll say, Steve, fix this, upload this, do this, and I have to hop on in the morning, and it takes maybe about, you know, about 10, 15 minutes, an hour. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer if I have to make a graphic, and I do this for one of my really good friends, Esther Luttrell, who's one of the best screenwriters of all time, so, uh, and then uh, hopefully, I think maybe this year or next year, maybe I can meet her, because I do plan to travel this year, I, I gotta get off this rock, just for a little bit, right? So what is today's podcast about? I'm sure you're wondering what in the world it's going to be about. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that are on my mind that, you know, regarding politics and everything like that, but I want to put that all to the side. Um, I'm going to write something. I need some more bullet points on that. So I can't really talk about all those uh, things that are happening in the world right now, but I have them in my mind right now. Um, but, you know, you know, one thing that's on my mind right now, um, well, hold on, let me back up. This podcast, by the way, it's going to be all about entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, starting a business, and I'm going to tell you my story on how I started my business because uh, it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty unique, well, I don't know, is it, is it pretty unique or not, um, but what I want to do, my whole intention for this podcast is to give all of you out there who want to do something, start something, start a business, and uh, or just, you know, again, you know, maybe create a new side hustle to create an extra couple hundred bucks, maybe an extra thousand bucks, you know, per month, you know, something like that, right? Um, I'm going to tell you how I did it, and maybe you can take what you can from it, and I'll try to give you out as much advice I can, advice as I can, and uh, yeah, so today's podcast is kind of about all about entrepreneurship and how to be an entrepreneur. Why don't we just say that today's podcast is all about how to be an entrepreneur through the eyes of scriptwriter Steve, right? Because I'm a compulsive entrepreneur. Why don't we say that, right? There's not a business I don't want to start, and I always have to pull myself back and say, hey, you know what, Steve? You got to focus because I think I can start any business. I'm that egocentric, okay? So, uh, but before I get into that, I'll get into that after I cut the commercial. So I'm making you stick around, right? You see what I'm doing? But, you know, I just wanted to talk about COVID one time. Uh, you know what I found pretty interesting? The average death rate of COVID, the average age of death, why don't we say that, of COVID, in the United States is 85 years old. And the average age of death is around 79 years old. Isn't that incredible? So here in Hawaii, the average age of those, those who died from COVID, again, was 85 years old. Same as the, the whole United States. And it seems that way. It seems as though COVID is killing off the elderly and very vulnerable, right? And it's sad. One death is too much. But it seems that's where most of the deaths happen. And uh, guess what the average life expectancy here in on Oahu is or here in Hawaii is? It's 81.2 years right now. So people who are dying of COVID are exceeding the average lifespan of those who live in Hawaii right now. Isn't that pretty interesting? And this is uh, in almost every single state. You can pretty much pull the facts up. Just try it. You know, Look at the state that you live in and figure out what is the average age of the people who are dying from COVID. And you'll find out in most states, the average age of the death of COVID is actually higher than the life expectancy of a healthy person in your state. So that, I think, requires a little 
some a little pause there to think about it. Maybe there's more into those stats than than uh, I guess than what I'm just telling you out there. But from what I am reading, at least on the surface, is that COVID, I guess, may not actually have been as bad as the media and the government government had put it out to be, or as as they advertised it to be. Right? I know it's bad for I know us young people or people maybe in their forties or fifties who got a little sick. But they weren't dying from it, and again, you know this. Uh, I like to call I like to call it metaphoric liabilities, where you know they make you liable by telling a very metaphoric story, right? And then connecting the dots and saying, "Hey, if you don't put on your mask, therefore you're murdering people, even though you're not murdering people, and then you could be responsible for so and so's grandmother dying." Well, that's a metaphoric liability, right? It takes a lot of fiction, a lot of connecting the dots, a lot of, you know, constellation type of pinpointing out there to actually, for you to actually kill that elderly person out there. And let me ask you this. I mean, really, were the lockdowns all worth it? Were, you know, shutting down the schools worth it? Was shutting down all the businesses worth it? Or, and what would have happened if we would have just been like Sweden or maybe South Korea where you just, you know, let it spread naturally, number one, on, and don't shut everything down. There were countries, again, like Sweden and South Korea and also Japan, who didn't shut everything down. Now, South Korea had very few shutdowns, right? They shut down a club, a restaurant, but they never shut down their entire economy. Everything was pretty much open. And they let people gallivant around, and they, had, they all wore masks, but they started letting them live their life. Businesses were kept open, but the elderly, they made sure to tell them, shelter in place. So because the elderly sheltered in place, that's why their death rate was so low. Pretty interesting, right? Of course, you won't hear that from Dr. Fauci Slouchy. So anyway, I just needed to get that off my chest. So I'm going to go cut to commercial, and when I get back, we're going to talk about how to be an entrepreneur. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Yo, I am back from that commercial break. I hope you are too, because we're going to get in to how to be an entrepreneur. And this music, huh, maybe I'll choose a different song next time. It's kind of grooving with me, but I don't think this is entrepreneur music, is it? Okay, it's going to end pretty soon. I'm going to turn it down. (laughs) Okay. All right. We're not going to use that music ever again, but I am not going to redo this podcast. So let's go straight forward from here. And I'm just going to kind of shoot from the hip. So um, I've been an entrepreneur for about, I think, uh, 20 plus years of my life. I started being an entrepreneur around 18 years old, uh, I think maybe 19 years old, and I never looked back. Um, I didn't go to college. I'm a college dropout. The most college I ever been to was about, I think it was about maybe 
one semester where I met Pitmaster Keith. And then after that, I, I think I went in for about another half semester. Then I tried to make it as a screenwriter up in California. And uh, it wasn't until I got back from California was when I actually put on my entrepreneur hat and just tried to make it. Um, you know, I tried almost every single thing out there. I didn't want to go to back to college because I, you know, I guess college is for some people – for me, it's not, I don't think it's any, I don't think college is for anyone right now, to be honest. I think it's just a waste of time. Um, that's my honest opinion. Right now, I, I think college or university level type of higher learning is completely useless. Um, but I remember when I got back from California and I thought, hey, you know what? Uh, this, you know, I really didn't like working for the state. I did that for about a couple months. And I said, I'm just going to try to do it on my own. And basically, I started, I opened up Canoe Girl Productions. And uh, immediately, we started, uh, I started to take all of my skills that I had acquired up in California and then tried my best to, <laughs> to get as much business as I could uh, for our company. And uh, we ended up doing everything from promoting concerts to creating commercials uh, to having two TV shows. I think I talked about this before. And then eventually uh, getting into the wedding in wedding industry and then branching that off, creating Dream Wedding Hawaii. And that's how I still have to this very day Dream Wedding Hawaii. So everything branched off from Canoe Girl Productions. So, you know, it was, it was very, I was, um, I guess, you would be, I guess I'll be considered a successful entrepreneur, but there was a lot of failures on the way. So let me tell you this. If you're going to go down this road of being a, becoming an entrepreneur, you can't be afraid of failure because you're going to fail more than once, twice. I can't even count the times that I failed. Um, I failed so much in multiple different ways. Um, one way, I mean, I had my old business partner steal from me hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? That's not cool. He was a close friend of mine. Um, and then on top of that, I also had to file for bankruptcy. I had to file for the major one where they wiped off all my records because I had, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs out there have to file for, for bankruptcy because, you know, one or two bad decisions can really just send you down the hole. And I had you know, a business partner who was stealing from me, opening up loans in my name. On top of that, I did make some bad decisions, right? So you just have to be prepared, you know, to make, I guess, to, to kind of eat your mistakes. And this is the road of, you know, being, I guess, being an entrepreneur. You may have a business partner that will steal from you. You may have family members that may steal from you. You may have, you know, there's so much drama involved in running a business. It's surprise. It's so surprising. You know, people think it's so easy, right? And um, anyway, but eventually, when you start learning from your mistakes and you be, you make so many mistakes that you eventually become a pretty good entrepreneur and you you pretty much can anticipate future mistakes down the road. So if you're going to, you are going to go into business with a partner down the road, you want to make sure they're not like the one who stole from you, right? <laughs> and most of the time, I would say 90% of the time you can tell, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't. But anyway, now I'm going to back up here because I want to describe two types of business people, all right? And uh, the first type, is the college MBA business co business graduate. And I run into these 
business graduates all the time. And not to say that they're not smart, but they consider themselves entrepreneurs, but I personally don't. So what I'm going to be talking to you today is not them, but I'll still describe them just for the sake of, you know, throwing them under the bus. <laughs> Why do we say, say that? Because I'm not going to say anything really nice about them. But a lot of MBA or college graduates or business, um, business graduates, they're only worried about making money. And they go to a lot of school and have a lot of theories and everything about how to make money. And, and their main goal is to create a business to scale up their business, and they're always using this word, their keyword is, can this business, is this business scalable, right? And why do they want to scale a business? Well, they want to do that so they can make a lot of money. So for example, a business such as uh, Mike McDonald's, right? It is very much scalable. You can franchise it. You, you can own 10, 20, 30, 100 franchises, and you can start up another franchise like that and make hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe even billions of dollars. And that's really, really, really great. I'm not, but that's not being an entrepreneur. That's being a business person. All right. That's much different. And we're, so we're not going to be talking about creating a turnkey business where, you know, it's a well oiled machine and you can scale it up. You don't really care about quality because on average, the MBA college business graduate, they don't care about quality. Most of them don't. They just care about the almighty dollar. Now, Enter in me, the entrepreneur. When you're an entrepreneur, you are hands-on. You get your you get your feet, elbows, and hands all dirty, and it is based upon learning a skill, providing a product or service that your customer may want or need, and again, delivering that product or service at a very high level. So that customer will end up referring you more customers and you start building a reputation and then building up your business this way. And it may start from as a side hustle and then it, it can evolve into full time. But at the end of the day, the entrepreneur, for the most part, gets their hands dirty. All right. So that's what I'm talking about. And that's why I don't think, you know, being having an MBA or being a business graduate, they don't talk about leveling up your skill and create and and also acquiring all the skills that you need to run a business. So that will segue straight into my next topic. What skills do you actually need to run a business? Well, you well, you you basically need a skill that people need, right? So you need a skill that people need. Does that make any sense? So for example, if I'm skillful at at say walking on the moon, right? I'm skillful at walking. I'm really, really good at walking on the moon. Well, you know, who needs me to walk on their moon, right? <laughs> exactly, right? So Neil Armstrong, his skill of being a moonwalker isn't very useful. But Michael Jackson's skill of being a moonwalker is very useful because people want to listen to his music and watch him dance. Who wants to watch Neil Armstrong do a moonwalk, right? Is he going to teach us about moonwalking? Not a lot of people will actually hire, you know, other than NASA and other people who are going to walk on the moon. You and me, the average person, will not, what do you call like, you know, need Neil Armstrong services, right? But will gladly have bought, you know, Michael Jackson's albums or his tapes back then because he was a very skillful moonwalker, right? And on top of his very skillful dancer, we just like being entertained. So... You basically need a skill 
that a lot of people need. And you have to be pretty good at this skill. You don't have to be the best, but you have to be pretty good. So in my case, I'm really good. I'm always finding all different types of skills to do. I'm just, you know, I, I, I just love finding skills. So, you know, I can do everything from, you know, sharpening a paper cutter to fixing bikes to writing scripts, telling stories to, again, now podcasting is one of those skills, right? And I think I'll still have to level up my skills on that. And, uh, you know, I'm really good at video editing, taking pictures. And I find that in the wedding industry, a lot of people need my skills and they constantly book me because they want a good photographer. They want a good videographer. Um, you know, sometimes they want, you know, other things done for their wedding. And even then, there's some people who want me to, want to hire me to write stories and everything like that for them. It could be, you know, before I used to get hired to write grants for people or even just copy for their other websites or just instructional things or, or, or things like that. And I would gladly sell my services to them. So as long as you have really good, a lot of skills, that's the basics, the basics of actually starting your company. So for my future company, for my future barbecue company, what am I doing? I'm leveling up my skill. And your skills, by the way, when you're an entrepreneur, you should hold those skills, all right? You should hold those skills. You don't depend on someone else. So if you're going to start like a, if you're going to start a restaurant, you should know how to cook, all right? You shouldn't be a waiter and say, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm a really good at be, I'm working in the food industry. I know how to manage a business. No, you need to know how to cook, all right? I've met too many people who own restaurants who, who are basically at mercy of their chef. So this chef who they won't pay very well leaves and all of a sudden their food goes straight down the crapper. So if you can't cook, you have no reason of opening up a restaurant. It's the same thing like me. Do I, I mean, say for example, if I opened up a photography company, right? And I have no idea how to shoot photos. And now all of a sudden, I'm at mercy of, of, of hiring the right photographer. Then all of a sudden, that photographer decides to start their own company and I'm up the creek, right? So for my own wedding company, I know how to do video. I know how to do photos. You know, even if I need a minister, I know how to do the ministry services, but I never had to because they're very good, right? But again, I could even sing. So if I don't have a wedding singer, I could actually sing if I really wanted to. You know, I'm always leveling up my skills, right? And also even learning how to do bouquets. So if my florist ever says, hey, I don't want to do this, hey, I can make my own bouquet, right? So these are the things you have to do. You have to get your hands dirty. You have to be the one with the skill if you want to be an entrepreneur. If you don't, you know, don't even try becoming an entrepreneur, you know that Donald Trump actually worked the backhoe? He worked on the high steel when he was younger. His father made him work on high steel, you know, digging the, digging the trenches, working the backhoe before he leveled up. And Donald Trump did the same thing to his kids. They actually worked in buildings. They worked carrying heavy equipment, doing all those things, getting their hands dirty before they got into the Trump business because he knew for a fact they had to get their hands dirty. So they could understand how this building went up, right? So again, this is how it's done. So again, if you want to start side businesses and you want to flip homes, you better know something about, you know, f fixing up homes. You have to know how to will a hammer, how to change a plug, right? How to paint a house, how to maybe even spackle drywall. You know, do all these things, right? If you don't, you got to learn before you start doing these things.
Okay, so that's number number one. Number two, you need basic bookkeeping skills. You have to know how to cut invoices if you have customers out there. You have to know how to write emails. Uh, you, you have to and, and also put out estimates when those emails. You have to know how to balance your checkbooks. You have to know how to reconcile it. And when I say writing these emails, I mean sending out estimates. A lot of times when you um, a lot of people they have no idea how to send out estimates in PDF formats and all that. You have to learn how to do this. How to use QuickBooks or any type of invoicing program, and how to email email these estimates to your clients. It's very 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 important. If you don't know how to do it, you have to you have to learn how to do it. Also, talking about bookkeeping, you have to know how to calculate a profit. You just can't shoot from the hip and say, well, I think it's profitable. You have to know to the penny how much much money you're making from this service or product. So some things are a little gray. Right. So, for example, things are, that are a little gray are like such are like, for example, my wedding photos when I touch it up. Right. I'm concerned more about doing a great job. So sometimes I'll work an hour or two on one photo and then sometimes I'll work 30 seconds or five seconds on a photo. Really, it really depends. So I really can't put a price tag on there. And uh, so that those one, those are pretty great. But because I'm doing the work, I don't actually have to, you know, calculate an exact overhead. Now, it would be different if I would hire out someone to actually do my work for me. And I have had, you know, some people, you know, touch up photos for me before, but they never could touch it up as good as me. So I'm really good at post-production. That's why I always want to keep my hands dirty with that. But anyway, you have to know, for the most part, how much money you're bringing in from a product or service. So again, as Pitmaster Keith and I go down this road and we're going to figure out you know, how, how heavy of a brisket, how many briskets um, do we need to have to, you know, uh, per weekend to turn a profit, right? If we're hiring out a certain amount of people to help us cook, right? Those are the, and work on that day. We, what is the break-even point? How many people can we serve per brisket or per pound? We know for a fact that, you know, most people eat about half a pound of brisket per serving. So that's your, that's on, that's on average, right? So we know for if we buy a 15-pound brisket that we may get 30 servings out of it. But on top of that, that brisket does lose weight when we cook it. So how much weight does it lose on average and how many people can we serve and what, are, what would the profit margin be and how much should we charge and what is the market demanding? All these things we know. Okay. Again, you just can't fig- you can't just speculate this in your mind. You have to know this. All right. You know, entrepreneurship, it may sound really cool. It may sound like, Hey, I have a great idea. Let's try open a business. No, the math is equally as important. If you open up a restaurant, you have to know that how many seats do you have to have in this restaurant to actually, um, to turn a profit that night? So when you design your restaurant, you have to figure out how many people could act, you could actually fit into here to, for you to turn a profit. If you don't have enough seats, you'll never turn a profit, right? It's all math, all math. And that's why a lot of these restaurants, by the way, they didn't do their math. And when they when COVID came and all of a sudden they had nobody in their restaurants and they just depended on takeout, well, that's why a lot of them shut down. And even now, they, they calculated maybe that they can turn a profit at 80 or 90% 
occupancy, what are they operating at now? 50% occupancy, maybe 20 or 30% occupancy with the six-foot social distancing rule into place. And they're losing tens of thousands of dollars every single day, even if they're at full capacity, full COVID capacity, because the math is not making sense. And here's the bad thing. The politicians don't realize it, that they're killing them because they never calculated that their restaurant would only operate at 20 or 30% occupancy. They should be operating at 100. Okay, anyway. So the last skill you need for business um, that I think are the three essentials now um, is marketing. You have to know how to market. Don't depend on an ad agency or someone else to tell you how to market your company. You have to figure it out for yourself. It's not the same for everyone, really not the same. And don't buy into every single, I guess, advertising agent out there because they'll tell you, hey, you know what? You have to be the first on Google. Well, a lot of times you don't. You know what? You need to do Instagram stories. A lot of times, no, you don't have to do that. You know, a lot of these people, a lot of these like, new kids coming out of college will say, you know, there are social media, I guess, experts, right? Yeah, they'll get you a lot of likes, but how many of those likes actually convert into, I guess, ROIs? How, how, are there any return on investments for a story, right? You may, get, you may sell, you know, three or four more people, but is it really worth it? right? Is it really worth it? Who knows? Who really knows? For some people, it works. For some businesses, it doesn't, okay? So I'm not just saying it's all a waste of time, but again, you have to know how to market your own company. And you have to know if you're going to go down this road of search engine optimization, or you're going to do more newspaper advertising, you better know how to design your own ad, you know, how to, what kind of layout you want, and exactly if it will work or not work, okay? It's all up to you, don't depend on the advertising advertising agent because all they'll try to do is sell you on more things and you'll just end up losing a lot of money, all right? Don't depend on them. You have to know how to market. Now, for myself, I know how to do all the graphics. I know, I know how to do all the... When I, when I advertise in the newspaper or magazines or anything like that, and I have, I know how to do all the graphics for it. I don't have to depend on that magazine department or that newspaper department's graphic design artist to put together a crappy ad that won't work. So, you know, I know what works. I know what, what kind of story to tell. And uh, I, I have full control over any single ad that ever goes out there. But right now, all of my, if you're wondering, a lot of my uh, advertisement is, is uh, really highly dependent now on Facebook groups. Um, the Hawaii Wedding Information Facebook groups, and also on top of that, uh, through um, search engine optimization. That's basically it. And I have more than enough business coming in. All right. Now, so there's three things, three skills, again, that you need. Number one is a skill, right? Number two is basic bookkeeping skills. And the last one is marketing skills. Now, I'm going to add one more into there. You need to be a people person. Now, this, this is just for me, right? This is from me. You, to me, I think you need to be a people person and you need to be a good storyteller. Um, if, if people don't like you, if you can't sell and if people don't like, if, if they think you're an asshole, they're not going to want to buy anything from you. Trust me. But if you're a nice, cool guy and you're genuine, if you're a genuine person and they can read it automatically, they'll say, I really like this person. I really like them. And even if you're more expensive, 
you'll find yourself, they'll still book with you. They'll say, oh, he's only, he's only $50 more than the other person or $100 more. But I really like them. I really like their work. I can communicate to them. So if you're not a people person, you should not be an entrepreneur because it requires that, that charisma, you know, that, that, that type of selling charisma that a lot of people don't have. You have to be, you have to be a good salesperson, right? And I hate to use the word used car salesman because used car salesmen get a bad rap, right? They, they'll say they're not very good. But to be honest, a car salesman is very, very nice. They're very, very good. They're like, you know, you, you walk into there and then they can act like your best friend. And all of a sudden you're paying way too much for a car, right? But again, you want, you're going to give business to them because, hey, they're, they're cool. They sound really, really cool. Now, what are some other rules that I have here? Now, we're, we're past all the three basic needs and everything like that and, and, um, and my personal opinion of the skills and all that. Um, you know, Regarding being, uh, okay, I'm trying to phrase this right now. Uh, you know, regarding being innovative, a lot of entrepreneurs think that if they're innovative, if they have a product or service that's never been invented, never been sold before, um, that they're creating something, they have a great invention, a great idea, um, and that's why they have to go into business to sell this. Being an innovator is not a good thing to, for an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur, you you know, <laughs> the first person who created the, I guess the airplane, the Wright brothers. Where are they right now? Is their company creating the airplane? Absolutely not. How about the first person who created the car? Right? Is he actually? Is his company still around? No, absolutely not. The best way to go into business is to go into a, a business that has technically a lot of competition, right? So for example, I'm going into the wedding industry, right? There's a lot of competition out there. What's gonna differentiate myself from the others? Well, I'm very, very good. And I tell people, if well, you can go with the other guy, but he, they're not as cool and they're not as good. You know, I may be a little bit more expensive, but again, I'm a lot more cool and I'm a lot better than them. And yeah, I'm... You know, it may sound egotistical of me, but it's a you know the flat out truth. When we start the barbecue company, well, we're not doing anything innovative, not really innovative. Barbecue's been out there for how long, right? We're smoking a brisket. The oven that we're smoking it in has been created the same type of standard offset they use, you know, all across the nation. What are we doing different? Well, we're using different type of wood. We're using different types of techniques, but we didn't create smoking the brisket. We didn't create the standard offset smoker, you know? So, you know, and we do have some innovative dishes, right, that are unique. But again, we are not creating anything that special. We are not inventing, you know, smoked brisket. You know, whenever you invent something, you're taking a very, very, very big risk. And it may not go through. Now, it may work, but it may not. And this is the tough thing. This is very, very tough for a lot of people out there right now. Even the first, I guess, I guess you remember that guy who makes all the segues? Those segues that are running around the mall and everything, the, the cops are on top of the, the, the mall cops that are on top of the segues. But they're not selling that great. You know what's selling really great? They're the one wheel. The one wheels or this other version of the one wheel that are, that's really cool. Or those, um, what did they call that? The hoverboards. Those sold more than the actual segways. But they took the segway gyro technology and that philosophy and applied it to their own. 
So I'm seeing one wheels, again, one wheels, they use the same technology as the Segway, but they just applied it into like a skateboard version. And in fact, they're not the first one to do that. They're the first one to use a big wheel, but that's what, that's what just makes them unique. It does, they did not invent the damn thing, right? Segway did. So again, you know, Segway, they're, they're not profiting really from what they created, what they invented. Now, my last thing here is that there's nothing wrong now with being unique. Unique is not being innovative, right? Unique is actually being a little different from your competition so you can set yourself apart. So again, you know, for barbecue, we're using different type of wood. We're using, we're doing our brisket a little bit differently. It makes us unique, right? We have a special au jus sauce. We, we season the au jus sauce differently. We finish our, our brisket differently. We, we do a lot of things different. We, you know, I'm not going to tell everything, right? But we're doing, we created certain food dishes that again, we didn't invent, but we have our own unique twist on it. So even for my wedding photography, I'll, I'll go back to my wedding photography. I don't use a DSLR on it. I actually use a snapshot camera, which makes me very, very unique. But I'm not the first guy to ever do that. Far from it, right? The guy who trained me shot a lot of weddings on a snapshot camera. So again, I'm not the, I'm not the innovator of it, but we're, I'm doing something unique, delivering it to the market, which people, they don't even know, by the way, that I shoot it on a snapshot camera. But the, but the, the product is something unlike they've ever seen. And partly it's because I'm shooting on a snapshot camera. Now, the last couple of things are all about money. When you finally get money in from all of your hard work, your, your unique skill set, and on all of your business coming in, when it comes to money, you have to know how to do three things. Save, invest, and how to spend your money. All right? And you have to do all of these three things at the same time. So you have to take some money, you have to save it for a rainy day, right? You have to invest some money so you can eventually create passive income. So this money can work for you and not work in the bank because money in the bank doesn't really work for you, all right? That's kind of common sense. I hope you guys know that. Um, and then on top of that, you have to know how to spend your money. Hopefully when you spend your money that this money goes toward um, some type of return investment. So for example, if you're just going to buy a picnic table, see, yeah, I'm going to buy a picnic. Say I'm going to buy a picnic table. Pitmaster Keith and I say, hey, we're going to buy this picnic table because we're sick and tired of going out to eat, you know, for COVID. And then all of these restaurants say we can't dine in the restaurant because they, they close their dine-in section. So we're going to buy a, a picnic table over at, you know, o over at the supermarket that they're selling. Well, that's a good thing, but we're also going to use that picnic table as, uh, as, uh, something at our, um, I guess when we go on the road, when we actually do our barbecues on the road, we can use that, use that picnic table as kind of a setup type of um, place. So we, it, again, it has a return on investment as you know, we're going to use this table to double as our setup area. So it, it's just one of those things. So you should always think like that. Always think like that. Everything you buy should be an investment for your business. Even if you buy a PlayStation, you know, PlayStation 5, you have to figure out how am I, am I going to use this as an investment for my company. There are ways. There are definite ways to do it. And when you find out the ways, you can actually write that off. <laughs> all right, people. That's it for this podcast today. Hope you enjoyed it. It's all about being an entrepreneur. Hope it wasn't too confusing. You know, I just shot from the hip. And, uh, you know, maybe one day I'll see you out there 
in the business community, and maybe you'll stop me, maybe at my barbecue company, and say, hey, Steve, I, I listen to this podcast. I got to thank you because I got this multi-million dollar business that I'm running now. everyone that's it for today i had fun podcasting if you like what you hear please share my podcast if you can't find me look on your favorite podcast platform and look for bbq2 movies that's bbq to movies yeah the to is not the number two by the way it is to like terrell owens so that's bbq2 movies catch you around